0: So welcome everyone, welcome to those who are joining us online or in satellite groups. It's great to be with you. Um, I'm Jill, I have the privilege of getting to continue our teaching today and then Coley will do next week. And this is actually our second to last week of women's Bible study, which is crazy. And then next week will be our last one for the winter session. We'll be on break um, and then we'll be back for the spring session but welcome. We also wanna say thank you to anyone who has given to our Women's Bible Study offering. We'll continue to do that offering. Um, And just so you know, if you give to the offering, all of that money just goes to some of the costs associated with Bible study like childcare and tech and the Bible study books and things like that. So thank you so much for your ongoing uh, generosity with that. Well, for our next announcement, we actually have a video. So check out the video and then we'll be back. women's conference. We've been announcing it for weeks, but we're so excited. So if you have not yet registered, sign up. You can sign up online. If you want to pay by cash or check, you can also do that. Just find me or Coley or Sandra and we'll let you know how to do that. Um, But we're so excited for women's conference, excited for you guys to be with us. So don't forget to sign up for that. We also want to let you know if for any reason, money is an issue and you're like, hey, I can't do the $15 for online or the 25 for in-person. We just don't want money to keep anyone from attending the conference. So please talk to me or Coley. We would love to work something out with you. And then also if anyone is interested in donating to a scholarship fund for the women's conference and you wanna make it possible for a couple women to attend who maybe can't afford it in this season, again, find me or Coley and we would love to chat with you guys about that. Well, I was really excited to announce Women's Conference, but I'm also really, really, really excited for this next announcement. This is a personal update, not my personal update, but Coley's. So Coley. Coley, it sounds like these women might know your announcement. I just wanted to ask you how your weekend was and <laughs> what'd you do this weekend? You guys, I got engaged! Ah! Do you want to give some details how it happened? Were you surprised? Absolutely, yeah. So we had set up a photo shoot with my friend. Uh, she was like, I want to enter a contest and I need couples to take pictures of. So sneaky. So I was like, okay. And I had wondered kind of, and then she said, she made a comment like, oh, your family's in town. Don't worry about it. We'll reschedule. And I was like, oh, this isn't anything big. So we went and then Steph was like, can I pose you? And then he set me up and then he dropped to one knee and I was like, ah! and then he proposed and then I hugged him and I was so excited. I was like, I think I blacked out. Did I say yes? And he's like, he was like, I think that's why we're hugging. So mm-hmm. yeah, so it was, it was great. And then, yeah, it's awesome. Thank you for your prayers. Mm-hmm. Yay. Well, Coley, we are so excited for you and I feel like I can speak for so many of us here when I say we love you, we're excited for you. Stefan is a great man and they're looking at all these photos, which are beautiful. Stunning ring, which Stefan designed. Yeah, Stefan custom made this little bad boy. Good job, buddy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um but anyways, I feel like I could speak for so many of us when I say we love you. So many of us have prayed for you in this journey of singleness and dating and heartbreak and wondering, will it happen? And what does what the Lord have in store for me? And so we celebrate with you and we rejoice that God has given you this really, really good gift of marriage and I know you guys wanna have a family and kids and all that. So we rejoice, we celebrate with you and we're so excited for your journey with Stefan. So you guys, I wanna invite us to pray for Coley. Um, you can extend a hand as a way of praying for her but let's just bless her and pray for this awesome season for her and Stefan so Lord God thank you so much for Coley thank you for bringing her to Christian Assembly thank you for putting her in this role in this season for all the ways that she loves and leads and cares for our women and our women's ministry here at CA God and Lord thank you for her faithfulness to you and her commitment to you and God thank you for this season that you have her and Stefan in. Thank you for answering her prayers and her heart's desire for not just a husband Lord but an amazing husband and a man of God. Thank you for Stefan and how you've been preparing them for this season Lord and so God thank you for the gift of engagement. Um, thank you for their upcoming wedding Lord and just the life that you have planned for them. So Lord we pray your wisdom, your blessing, your peace Lord that there would be low stress and low anxiety Lord, and that you would just be with them in all the decisions that come with planning a wedding. Would you prepare them for their future together, Lord? Would you bless them with kids and with a family as I know that's also a desire of their hearts, Lord? So God, thank you, thank you, thank you for Coley and Stefan. We celebrate your goodness in their lives, Lord. We pray all this in your great name, Jesus, amen. Yay! So excited for you, Coley. If you guys haven't met Stefan, he's awesome. All that to say, um, ladies, today we are in the book of Second John, next week we will be in the book of 3 John, and Second and Third John are the two shortest books in the Bible. And so today we're gonna dig into Second John and look at what it means to walk in the truth as Christ followers. And so I know we just prayed for Coley, but let me take a moment to just pray, um, to settle ourselves and just invite God to speak to us through today. So God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the gift of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Thank you for the gift of every woman who is here at Women's Bible Study or joining us online or via a satellite group. And God, thank you for just speaking to us through your word. So Lord, I give to you the teaching for today. We give to you your word that we're gonna be in today, Lord. And God, we just pray that you would meet us, that you would speak to us, that you would encourage us, um, that you would challenge us. God, that you would... Just keep reminding us of what's true and what your word says is true and help us to keep being people who live and walk in your truth, God. So would your Holy Spirit fall afresh here and move in mighty ways. We pray this all in your great name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, ladies, again, we are in 2 John. We are gonna read, 2 John has one chapter to it. So we're gonna read that chapter and then we will jump in. So here's what 2 John says I rejoiced greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we had, the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. For whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your elect sister greet you. So Second John begins with a mention of the author and then the audience to which he's writing. So it says the elder to the elect lady and her children. The elder is the author which is usually assumed to be John and he's writing to the elect lady and her children. And there are a couple different options and thoughts on who the uh who the elect lady and her children are but most likely the elect lady is one of the churches of Asia and her children are the individual members of that church. So most likely John is writing to a church. He's writing to a community of Christ followers. John calls himself an elder and it's important to know that in the days of the early church the term elder was used to a pa- Used to refer to a pastoral leader of a local congregation. So John John was a pastor to this church. He's writing this letter as a way to pastor these people and these Christ followers. He goes on to say that he loves the elect lady and her children in truth. And so we see that John is living out what he has been preaching to love one another. John loves this community. And as we've talked about in previous weeks, it's expected that those who love God will also love others. And so that's what we see John doing. He is practicing what he's preaching. John goes on to say, I rejoiced greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. So John is grateful and he's filled with joy that he finds some of the members of this church walking in the truth but the way he says this implies that he doesn't find all of the church members walking in the truth. So he's pleased and he rejoices to find some of them walking in the truth but there are some that are not found to be walking in the truth. And when we talk about walking in the truth, truth comes up a lot in Second John. What we're talking about is living in the truth of who Jesus is and how he calls us to live. We're talking about living according to God's commands and God's standards and the way that God tells us to live. Now the world and the culture likes to tell us that there is no such thing as absolute truth, right? The world likes to tell us that the best thing we can do is to find our own truth and figure out our own truth and what's right for you might not be right for me and what's true for you might not be true for me. And so the world tells us there is no objective truth, morality is relative, you need to make your own rules and find your own way and you do you and I will do my truth and that's how it is. But that line of thinking, that line of reasoning is a lie and that is sin speaking. When John says that he has found some Christians walking in the truth, he's not saying, hey, I found some Christians walking in their own truth. But he's saying, I found some people, some Christ followers walking in God's truth, walking in the truth of God's word and what God says. So they are walking in the objective truth as defined by God. There are really only two ways when it comes to walking in this life. There's really only two ways that we can walk. We can either walk and live contrary to God's ways, contrary to his commands and his truth. We can choose not to listen to him, not to obey God, or we can choose to walk in God's ways, right? We can choose to walk according to God's commands and in line with what God says is true. And whichever of those two ways we decide to walk is gonna lead to a different outcome. I don't know about you. Some of you I'm sure love to walk. I'm not a big walker. I grew up in Los Angeles, born and raised here. I love LA. I always thought that it was true that people don't like to walk in LA. They like to drive. And then I Googled it and people say that's not true. But for me at least, I do not like to walk. I drive everywhere. So much so that I have friends that live a block away and I drive to their house way more than I ever walk to their house. But let's say I was going to walk, right? So I'm going to take a walk down Colorado Boulevard here in Eagle Rock and if I walk east on Colorado, I'm eventually going to land at the beautiful world of Trader Joe's and Colorado Donuts, which is Those are two awesome places to land. If I decide to walk west on Colorado, then I'm gonna land at a beautiful spot called Target, which is also a fantastic spot to land, right? So whichever direction I go, I'm gonna land in a great spot because who doesn't wanna be at Colorado Donuts, Target, or Trader Joe's? However, that same thing cannot be said when it comes to the way we choose to walk in this life. There are two ways that we can choose to walk, but both of them will lead to different outcomes. So if we choose to walk contrary to God's word and God's commandments and God's ways, then we will not land in a good spot. But if we choose to walk in line with God's ways and if we choose to walk in his truth, then we will land in a good spot. It is only when we choose to walk according to God's ways that we're gonna find true life and joy and freedom. God's ways are always better than ours and his commandments and his laws are always for our good. Deuteronomy 10:12 through 13 says, And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord which I am commanding you today for your good." so we talked last week about how god is love which means everything god does is loving so his commands and his laws are loving he gave them to us for our good because god knows what is best for us I don't know about you, but I'm a rule follower. I love a good rule. I feel safe when I know what the rules are. I wish that we just all played by the same rules and life would just be so grand. But sometimes we can look at rules and they can make us feel boxed in. And we can look at rules and feel like, ah, I don't want someone to tell me what to do. I don't have freedom. This is inhibiting my freedom to have all these rules. But the truth is when it comes to God's commands and God's laws, that's actually the only way that we will find freedom. There is no way to find true freedom outside of God's laws and his commands. Psalm 119.45 says, I will walk about in freedom for I have sought your precepts. We will never find freedom by walking contrary to God's word and his commands. We read earlier verse six in Second John. It says, and this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. So if we love God, if we are children of God, if we've experienced God's love and said yes to his love, then we will walk in the truth of who God is. We will walk in his commands. And we won't do it perfectly, but the more we follow Christ, the more we grow in our commitment to him, the more and more we will desire and want to follow the commands of God. And so a question to reflect on would simply be, what is your relationship with God's commandments? When you hear the word commandment, when you think of commandments of God and what the scripture says to be true, what is your relationship with the commandments of God? For some of you, maybe if you're honest, you're like, I don't really know the commandments of God. I haven't read much of the scriptures. I haven't read any of the Bible. I don't know how God tells me to live. And so I don't know how to walk in the truth of God because I don't even know what his word says. Or maybe you're here and you feel like, well, I know God's commandments. I just don't like all of them or I don't wanna play by all of them or I like to pick and choose and I'll take some of them, but these other ones, I just disagree with, so I'm not gonna live by those. Or maybe you're here and you find yourself honestly thinking, I love God's commandments. I love to walk in his commandments. I know that freedom and joy and peace are found in walking in God's commandments. And you've maybe seen in your own life how blessed and fruitful life is when you walk according to God's commands. If we wanna walk in God's commandments and his ways, then we have to know what they are and we have to continue to be reminded of what they are, which means we need to read God's word. We need to trust his word and believe that his commandments are for our good. Verse nine, we read this early in 2 John, says everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. So as Christ's followers, John tells us to abide in the teaching of Christ. Abide means to remain or to continue. So he's saying remain in the commandments of God. Uh, Continue in the commandments in this way of God. And that means we need to be committed to God's word and what God's word says is true. I wanna read this verse in a couple other translations. Here's how the NIV says it. It says, anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. And then the New King James Version says, whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. So anyone who runs ahead or whoever transgresses. One commentary said that the word transgress has the idea of going beyond a boundary. So is there anywhere in our lives where we are not living within the boundaries that God has set up and defined for us? Is there anywhere where we are running ahead of God's word or beyond his word or we are running beyond the boundaries that God has laid out in his word? Does God's word have final and ultimate say in our lives? And if it doesn't, then what or who are we giving final and ultimate say to? If John were writing this letter to our church, so John was writing to Christian assembly, to the women of CA, to women's Bible and he was sending us this letter as our pastor, would we be some of the people that John finds walking in the truth or would we be some of the people that John finds who, if we're honest, are not really walking in the truth? To live as children of God means that we will walk in the truth and that we will live according to God's commands. And we're not gonna do it perfectly because we're all sinners and we're all broken, we live in a broken world, so we're not gonna live by his commands perfectly. And we definitely cannot try to live by his commands as a way to earn our salvation, right? Because the scriptures are clear, salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So we're not walking in the truth to earn our salvation, but we're walking in the truth as a response to the salvation God's given us and his love for us and what Christ has done for us on the cross. So two practical notes. If we want to be people who continue to walk in the truth and live this out, I just want to share two practical things that we can do and lean into. And let me say, these things aren't going to be rocket science. They're not going to be brand new information for most of us. But I think often we just need to be reminded over and over again of the truth and what it means to walk in the truth. So two things we need to do and keep doing to walk in the truth. The first, Read and keep reading God's word. Read and keep reading God's word, the Bible. We cannot walk in the truth if we do not know what the truth of God is. We cannot walk according to God's commands if we don't know what the word of God says. The Bible is the inspired and authoritative word of God. It never changes. For those who follow Jesus, the Bible is a light to our path. It is a guide. It is full of wisdom. The Bible helps us to know God better. The Word of God is active and alive. So if you do not have a daily regular rhythm where you are spending time in God's Word, I want to encourage you to do that. And maybe you had that rhythm in the past, but you've fallen out of it, or life has gotten busy, or maybe you've never had that rhythm set up in your life. But I want to encourage you, start small. Start with five minutes a day. Set your alarm five minutes early. Wake up. Pray and read God's Word for five Minutes, but make it a priority to consistently be in the Word of God. Read God's Word whether you feel like it or not. So if you get up and you feel like checking social media instead of reading God's Word, or you feel like going to work early instead of reading God's Word, read God's Word anyway, whether you want to or whether you don't, just be in God's Word. Read all of God's Word. Uh, we talked last week about s- how some of us might feel like, hey, I avoid the Old Testament. I really like to say in the New Testament because I feel like God is in his loving in the Old Testament. He's so much more loving in the New Testament. We talked about how that isn't true, that God is love. He's always been love. He's loving in the Old Testament. He's loving in the New Testament. But there might be parts of the scriptures where you feel like, ah, I, I've avoided this book because it's confusing or I've avoided this section because I don't know, I'm nervous to read it for some reason. Read all of God's word. Don't avoid certain sections of his word. And if you've never intentionally walked through a season where you've said, okay, I'm gonna read all of God's word, then I just encourage you to do that. There are so many reading plans out there that are available that will walk you through all of the scriptures. But if we wanna walk in the truth of who God is, we have to know all of that truth. We have to read all of God's word. Read God's word and then reread it, reread it, Repetition is so important. One of the things that's been so helpful to me in my own times in God's word um, have been, I don't do this all the time, but sometimes taking one passage or one verse and just sitting in that for a lengthy period of time, maybe for a couple days, maybe for a couple of weeks, maybe for a month. There was a season where I did this with a passage from Philippians four that talks about anxiety. And you might be familiar with these verses. It says, do not be anxious about anything But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So there was a period of several weeks, maybe a month, where I just decided this is the passage I'm going to be in. I'm going to sit in it, I'm going to read it, and I'm going to trust that what God says in this passage is actually true. And so I sat, I read it, I would do what the passage said. I prayed, I gave my request to God, I did that with thanksgiving, I told God what I was thankful for, and then I said, all right God, these verses tell me that if I do this, I will experience the peace that surpasses all understanding through Christ Jesus. So I'm going to believe, even if, even if I'm not feeling peace right now, I'm going to believe that I will experience your peace. And the more I did that, and the more I sat in that one little passage of God's word, I saw the truth of those verses play out in my life. And I did begin in more ways to experience the peace of God. So, Don't feel like you always have to rush from one chapter to the next or one verse to the next. Sit in some of the same passages and verses. Another question I would ask is what are some of your go-to verses? And I feel like for each of us, we have different go-to verses. And what I mean by that are, maybe these are verses you have memorized, maybe these are verses you have written, on your mirror or on an index card or just those verses that you kind of carry around with you that are your go-to verses in difficult seasons or in seasons where it's just like, I just need the truth of God to combat my anxiety or my feelings to tell me what is true. Um, For me, I shared last week, there have been seasons in my life where I really struggled with legalism. I struggled with doubt. I struggled with this fear of, am I really saved? Does God really forgive me for my sins? Do I have to work to earn my salvation? and so one of my go-to verses for so long has been Galatians 2:21, And it says, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. And this verse, when I read it reminds me, well, Christ didn't die for nothing, and that means, according to this verse, that righteousness can't be gained through the law, so nothing I do can earn my salvation. And so this is one of my go-to verses, and so I would encourage you guys, pick some go-to verses, and if you're not sure what your go-to verses are, You can Google topically different verses, you can ask a friend, ask one of us here, but have some go-to verses that you keep going back to throughout your life. So read and keep reading God's word, abide in it, and then second, obey and keep obeying God's word. Obey and keep obeying God's word. And we know this, to obey means do what the word of God says, obey his word and his commandments. If you are a Christ follower, then you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And that means that the Holy Spirit is gonna empower you to live differently. And so you're not trying to obey God on your own, but you are trying to obey God knowing that God is with you and his Holy Spirit is living inside of you and can empower you to live differently than you could before Christ. James 1, 22 through 25 says, "'Do not merely listen to the word, Obey God regardless of whether you feel like it or not. Just keep taking steps of obedience. Some small steps, some medium sized steps, some really large steps, but keep moving forward in obedience to Christ. And as you do that, trust that God's ways are better than ours, that everything God does towards us is loving and for our good, that his ways and his thoughts are so much better and so much higher than ours. And trust that when we obey God, we will land in a spot of blessing. We will land where God wants us. So is there an area of your life where you need to repent and you need to ask God to forgive you? Is there an area where maybe you've listened to God's word but if you're honest, you haven't done God's word. So you've listened and you've heard it and you know what it says, but you're not living it out. You're not doing it. So you're a hearer and not a doer of God's word. Pray and ask God to equip and strengthen you for whatever steps of obedience he is inviting you to take. What I want to do as we close is a little different from what we've done in the past but there's so much power as we know in the word of God and so I've picked out some scriptures that I just want to read over us and so I want to invite God to speak to us through his word and so I want to invite you guys. I'm not going to have the scriptures on the side screens. I just want you to hear these read over you but I want to invite you to take whatever posture is comfortable for you. Um, Close your eyes. This is simply between you and the Lord and I just want to invite us into a time of saying God would you show me where I have been walking in your ways, where I have been walking in your truth, and then would you show me and convict me of the ways that I have not been walking according to your commandments? And so we're just gonna invite the Lord to speak. These lists of verses I've pulled out are not comprehensive, they're not exhaustive, but these are just some of the verses in God's word that tell us how God wants us to live. And so before I read these over us, I just want to give us a moment to pray and just want to give you a moment between you and the Lord to just ask God to speak to you. Say, God, would you show me the ways I am walking according to your truth and then would you show me the ways that I'm not? John 15:12 says, "This is my commandment." That you love one another as I have loved you." Matthew 28:19 says, "Go therefore, and make disciples." First Corinthians 6:18 says, "Flee from sexual immorality. Exodus 28 says, "Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy." Exodus 20: 12 says, "Honor your father and your mother." Exodus 20:14 says, "You shall not commit adultery." Matthew 5, says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Ephesians 4, 29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. Ephesians four thirty-one through 32 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. James 1.19 says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. Matthew six twenty four says no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And then finally Micah 6, 8 says, he has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And so just continue in a moment with the Lord and just say, God, would you convict me? Would you show me where I'm walking with you and where I'm not? And whatever comes up for you, just talk to him about that. You can stay in a posture of prayer and just continue to think on those verses and invite God to speak to you. But I wanna speak to anyone here who's not yet a Christ follower. There are some of you here who would say, hey, I'm not walking in the truth. I'm not walking in the ways of God. But honestly, I don't know if I know what those ways are. And maybe you're not walking in the ways of God because you've never said yes to Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. You've never said yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The gospel says that we have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, of his good standards for us. And the penalty for that sin The punishment for that sin is death. But God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die for our sins and to pay that penalty for us. Jesus took our sin upon himself, he died on the cross. He rose three days later and all who place their faith, hope and trust in Jesus will be forgiven for their sins and made right with God and will receive the eternal gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. That's the good news of what God has done for us. And so if you've never said yes to Jesus, but you're ready to say, God, I'm tired of walking in my own ways. I'm tired of walking contrary to yours. God, I wanna walk in your ways. I wanna walk in the way of truth. I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Then you can make that decision right now and you can simply pray and you can say, God, I confess that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Would you forgive me for my sin Forgive me for the ways that I have walked contrary to you, that I've walked according to my own ways instead of yours. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin and rose three days later. I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I commit to following you, God, all the days of my life. And if you prayed that prayer, we're so excited for you. That's the absolute best decision you could ever make with your life. And we welcome you into the family of God. We would love to follow up with you. Your next step is to get baptized. Would you also let me or Coley or your women's Bible study leader know so that we can follow up with you. But in closing, let me just close with prayer again. God, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for anyone who just made a first time decision to follow you, whether here or online or in a satellite group. God, thank you for the faith that's represented in women's Bible study. And Lord, thank you thank you that your ways are better than ours. God, so forgive us for any, any of the ways that we've been following our own ways, that we've been living contrary to your ways. God, I pray you would show us even this week, just if there's little ways or big ways, Lord, but even some of the little ways that we can easily overlook or just say, ah, it's not that bad, it could be worse. And God, I pray That you would do that that you would convict us in our actions in our words in our thoughts in the ways we relate with people just our attitudes god and i pray that you would change us through your word that you would make us look and live more like you so god help us to be women who don't just hear the truth but who live it out who walk in your truth and in your word and the truth of who jesus is we love you god would you bless our bible study groups Would you bless our leaders as they lead those times? Would you be with every woman in these groups? And would you just speak, Lord, and make these conversations and times of prayer fruitful and edifying, Lord. So we pray all this in your great name, Jesus. Amen. (laughs)